Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. With Mother's Day around the corner, I wanted to do an episode on some practical encouragement for you, whether you're a mom raising children or just looking ahead to the future. I'd like to share some practical ways you can disciple your kids. Now, even if you're not a mother, but you work with kids or you have influence over children in your life, these are just some practical things that you can do to point them to Jesus Christ. My husband, Eric, and I have been in ministry for about 20 years now, and a good part of those 20 years have been spent discipling young adults and training them how to be grounded in the Word of God and planted in the gospel. And we've actually worked with thousands of young people who grew up in Christian homes, and they learned the basics of biblical thinking and godly character from their parents. But a large majority of them were never truly discipled in their Christian faith. And a lot of times, that means that by the time they reach their late teens or early 20s, they're struggling with doubt and habitual sin and frustration in their spiritual walk. Because we have seen that pattern over and over again, it's made us very passionate about discipling our own children in the early years of child training while they're still young and fresh in their faith. And I've learned also that discipling my children in the gospel is not as easy as it sounds. It's fairly easy to read them Bible stories and maybe help them memorize scripture. And it's not always that hard to pass along basic biblical morals, like be kind to your siblings and don't lie and don't steal. But reaching my children with truth in a way that touches their soul and changes them from the inside out is really the ultimate goal. And as a parent, or if you're discipling children in any sphere, it can be challenging to know exactly how to reach their heart. Being around conservative Christian circles for the past 20 years has reminded me how important it is to get to the souls and the hearts of my children, not to just deal with their outward behavior. I've observed a lot of Christian families who seem very perfect on the outside. Their children were respectful in public. They knew how to sit still in church. They were diligent in their studies. Their home seems to run like clockwork. And yet when those children grew older, they often would rebel. And sometimes they would leave the Christian faith altogether. The reason is because they had been given the mechanics of Christianity, but not the engine or fuel that actually makes it work. There have been studies recently that show that a large majority of kids who grow up in Christian homes are actually leaving the faith by the time they reach college, which is very disturbing to realize that that is happening. As a mother, my greatest desire for my children is to be passionately in love with Jesus Christ and so firmly planted in the gospel that their faith will remain unshakable once they become adults and leave home. I know that this can only be accomplished by God's supernatural work of grace in my kids' hearts, but I also know that as a parent, I've been given the sacred task of leading my little ones to him, teaching them how to love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thankfully, all of our children have made the decision to give their lives to Jesus, but I've realized that for the next several years comes the challenging part. They've made that confession of faith, but now they need to be trained, discipled, and firmly planted in the gospel. Amy Carmichael was a single missionary who raised hundreds of children and taught them the gospel. She became a mother to children who would have been sold into slave prostitution. And it's really interesting. She never married or had her own children, but I've learned probably more about parenting and discipling children from her than any modern parenting expert. She wrote this once, we knew that we could not expose our children to certain influences until New Testament convictions and New Testament attitudes towards life in general had become part of them, something that could not be torn out or laughed out of them. 
I thought that was so powerful because really that's where I'm at in the discipleship process with my own kids, seeking to make the gospel so much a part of who they are that it can't be torn out of them or laughed out of them later in life. So whatever season of life you're in, whether you're raising kids or just investing into kids' lives, I'd like to share a few practical ways that you can reach the souls of children. And the first one is to live it out. When it comes to training children in honorable behavior, many of us as parents overteach and under model. Of course, you've probably heard that famous quote that says, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. My words of instruction to my kids, I've learned, should merely just be icing on the cake. It should be a reinforcement of what they see me living out all day long. And that is a very serious and high calling. In fact, it can only be accomplished by the enabling grace of God. We can never do it in our own strength. Romans 2.21 gives a very poignant challenge to every parent or anyone who disciples children. When Paul says, you therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? That's a very convicting scripture. I've noticed that having children has really helped me maintain spiritual sharpness. Maybe you've heard that scripture, like arrows in the hands of a mighty man are the children of one's youth. And when we first started having children, it seemed like the opposite was true, like children would bring weakness, not strength into our lives. But I've noticed that the more children we have, the more children we are raising, the stronger we become spiritually because everything we're teaching them, we also need to teach ourselves. Everything that we expect them to live, we also need to live out consistently. So even though it's a little bit like living in a fishbowl, having those eyes constantly on my life is actually a blessing because it reminds me to live a life that's worthy of the calling by which we were called, which is from Ephesians 4.1. The long and short of it is that I can't expect my children to have a vibrant, passionate daily relationship with Christ if I'm not cultivating the same thing in my own life. I've learned that they need to see me excited about the gospel, not merely talking to them about the gospel out of duty or obligation. One of my favorite books on parenting is called The Shaping of a Christian Home by Elizabeth Elliot, and she wrote about her father's passion for scripture and how it impacted her siblings when they were growing up. She said, my father did not push us to prayer. He led us. There was no hypocrisy on his part to pull the rug out from under what he tried to teach us. He believed what he said. We could not have doubted that. He lived by it. So powerful because we so often focus on the mechanics rather than the passion. And I've known so many families where if the parents are truly passionate about Jesus Christ, that passion is contagious and passes on to their children. The second practical is to tackle the spiritual issues. When we see kids habitually demonstrating an ungodly behavior, it is so important to deal with those issues straight on, not just from a behavior correctional standpoint, but also from a spiritual standpoint. So if one of my kids is tattling on his younger brother, it's important that he would receive a consequence for that, but also that I get to the heart of why he's allowing that behavior into his life. And it's really important for me to ask him, where is he at spiritually? Questions like, what's going on in your heart right now that you're trying to get your brother in trouble? Are you feeling anger or jealousy towards him? Is this attitude pleasing to Christ? Why not? What needs to change in your heart? towards your brother right now? Who can give you the strength to love your brother instead of harm him? Now, it can be a little more work to really sit down and get to the heart of the issue rather than just correct the behavior. But walking through this process with my child ensures that I'm dealing with the root issues and not just the surface issues. 
I've noticed that it's so important for me to remind my children of their position in Christ and the power that they have over sin. They need to not just say a sinner's prayer, but they need to learn the principle of reckoning themselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. It's the concept of the old man and the new man. So when Eric and I see a sinful behavior pattern surfacing in their lives, we'll often ask them where old Kipling or old Harper is. And we remind them that their old man is dead and buried and that they are now new Kipling or new Harper who is in Jesus Christ. In their new position in Christ, they have the power to reckon themselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. And that's from Romans 6, 8 through 13, if you'd like to look into that deeper. Now, this may seem like a complicated truth for younger children to grasp, but I found personally that kids really do grasp this when they're told about the difference between the old and new man or the old and new self. The old self has no ability to overcome sin, but when they've been made new because of Jesus Christ, old behavior patterns no longer need to control them. Through Christ, they've been given the power to choose right behavior over sin. Now, first of all, we as adults need to be living out that truth in our own lives and believing that truth in our own lives. But if we really grasp it ourselves, it's one of those truths that children can grasp when it's clearly communicated to them. And when they're reminded often of that truth, you can see an incredible difference in the way that they live. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have perfect children. That would be nice, but not realistic. But it means that they will begin to understand that sin no longer needs to control them. I have found that this kind of purposeful discipleship is really critical for the souls of my children, applying the principles of the gospel to every struggle they face and teaching them how to wield their position in Christ for a lifestyle of victory over sin. Now, again, if you feel a little rusty in understanding your own position in Christ and the power of the gospel, then visit BraveheartedChristian.com. There are some amazing sermons there that can really ground you in what the gospel is all about and maybe give you better articulation for how to communicate it to your children. But the long and short is to bring the power of the gospel into everyday challenges that you're facing with your children, not just make it sort of a vague concept, but something that is very practical for everyday life. Another practical and decisive children is to help them know Jesus. It's easy to teach our children a lot about Jesus, but fail to help them build a daily personal relationship with him. But when our kids' faith flows from an intimate relationship with Christ, rather than just a set of biblical morals, they are far more likely to remain rooted in Christ as they grow older. So we try to help our kids facilitate a daily quiet time where they can spend time with God, where they can pray, they can study their Bible if they know how to read, and they can just spend time listening to his voice. And even if they are too young to read, we've noticed that just putting on an audio Bible and worship music is a great way to help them fall in love with the Word of God and spend time meditating on truth. It's great to give your children a journal and encourage them to write down or even just draw pictures of prayers that are on their hearts, choose their learning from God's Word, and things that they feel His Spirit is speaking to their hearts. And whenever they've attended maybe a Bible teaching time at home or a church, we try to ask them questions like, what did you feel God speaking to your heart through the lesson today, rather than just things like, what was the lesson about? When I remember that a relationship with Christ, not just understanding about Christ, is the ultimate goal for my children to grasp, that really helps me continually remain on the lookout for ways to point their hearts back to him. 
And the fourth practical that I want to share with you is to be watchful. Now, if you're a mom, you're probably very ready to clobber anyone who would dare to harm your children emotionally or physically. I've had that mother bear instinct come out in me a few times. It actually surprises me how intense I can get if I feel like my children are being threatened. But even though we have that mother bear instinct, it's all too easy for us to become lax towards the forces of darkness that so often seek to undermine our children's soul. It could be allowing ungodly TV shows or movies into our homes, or maybe overlooking the worldly attitudes and mentalities that our children quickly pick up on, assuming that preoccupation with pop culture is just normal. It could be too much freedom on the internet, allowing our kids to participate in unhealthy addictions to social media or texting or unguarded internet surfing just because it keeps them busy and it allows us to get more done. Or it could be allowing kids to play with certain friends just because they seem fairly nice without really knowing exactly what kind of influence those friends are having on our kids. When the enemy seeks to undermine our children spiritually, he typically will do it in a subtle way, not an obvious way. So ask yourself, are you being vigilant and watchful, alert to the enemy's schemes and ready to stand against his attacks on your children? Or are you too busy to notice when something unhealthy is encroaching in your family? The Proverbs 31 woman watches over the ways of her house, it says, and that means a lot more than just meeting the basic needs of home and family. If you really study this verse closely, you'll see that the Proverbs 31 woman is a vigilant keeper of the home, like in a military sense, like a night watch soldier scanning the horizon intensely, looking out for any sign of enemy invasion. I sometimes imagine myself standing in an on-guard position, stands firm, eyes focused, jaw set firmly, and fists up and ready to defend my family to deliver a knockout blow to anything that would attempt to harm the souls of my children. Now, again, that can only be accomplished by the grace of God. But when we are in our position in Christ, we have the power to stand against anything that would come against our children spiritually. Now, it's only possible, again, to remain in that armed and ready position when we lean on the supernatural grace of God. So if you're looking to your own ability to watch over the ways of your household, it's easy to grow tired and lethargic. You can remain spiritually sharp and focused by maintaining your relationship with Jesus Christ and your passion for the word of God and your prayer life. When you allow your own spiritual life to become apathetic and mediocre, it's easy to become very blind to the subtle ways that darkness is attempting to creep into our homes and our families. For me, I found it so essential to tune out noises, devices, and distractions in order to tune in to my kids. If I'm constantly texting or checking email on my phone the whole time I'm with my kids, then it's probably likely I'm not going to notice if an unhealthy influence tries to creep in, like the inappropriate words or behavior of another child. If I'm always busy on my computer every night when my kids are around, I won't really be aware if one of my children's attitudes seems off in some way. If I spend more time talking with friends and neighbors than I do talking with my children, they're never going to get the chance to let me know if something's bothering them or if something negative happened during their day that needs to be addressed. If I allow them to just sit and watch movies or look at websites without really screening them first, then my kids will quickly be exposed to things that they shouldn't be. Paying attention to our kids requires sacrifices on our part. We may not be able to have as much of a social life as we want. We may not be able to spend as much time on the phone or the computer as we'd want. And we may not even get as much done around the house as we'd prefer to get done. But if our children's hearts, minds, and souls are being protected, we know we've done our job well. And 
And we can also know without question that the sacrifices that we're making now will be more than worth it in the long run. One of the most practical ways to remain watchful over your children and over your home is to avoid things that might personally dull you spiritually. A lot of Christian parents believe that it's okay for them to indulge in worldly activities that they would never allow their children to participate in simply because they are maybe more mature and able to handle it. It may be true that we as adults have a greater capacity to understand evil and sin, but it's dangerous to assume that we are mature enough to participate in ungodly activities without it negatively affecting our spiritual lives. I've learned firsthand that I can't expect to be excellent at watching over the ways of my house if I don't first watch over the ways of my own soul. If I'm allowing myself to meditate on worldly or ungodly messages, I'm going to lose my spiritual sharpness and my ability to vigilantly keep watch over my children's soul. Too much time on the internet, exposure to worldly movies and television, reading secular magazines that promote pop culture mentalities, all of these things dull me like a professional athlete would quickly lose his edge if he started eating junk food all the time. 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. We need to apply this to our parenting and our discipleship of children as well. As watchers over our homes, we need to be like military officers scanning the horizon for any sign of the enemy. And for this, we have to have the discipline and dedication of a military officer, remembering that we are on active duty and refusing to trifle with things that will entangle us into worldliness. Here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. If this is overwhelming to you and you feel really unqualified in discipling your children, remember that, first of all, God has specifically called you and equipped you and anointed you to lead your children. So if you surrender your life to him and you ask him to equip you and guide you and lead you, he has promised to provide all of the wisdom, the creativity, and the diligence that you need in order to point your children's heart to him. So as you're thinking about Mother's Day coming up, don't just think about ways that you can be appreciated for all that you do for your children. Think of ways that you can become even more excellent by the grace of God in watching over the ways of your home and teaching the gospel to your children. And that is a prayer that God loves to answer. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.